to the Lion of Vienna Suite podcast, or the Love Pod as I like to call it. Welcome back to a another week, and this is a week with some good news, as the Love Pod is finally on iTunes. So seek us out, check us out, give a few listens, leave a review, leave a good rating, and that will really help us out and make us more widely available. Okay, but... We may not want to be more widely available after the results of this weekend's match against Blackpool. Um, oh. An unfortunate performance, a really saving saving our bacon kind of goal from one Eider Good Johnson, and it's been really good to have Eider back. Don't you think so, Chris? Definitely, and uh, happy Easter to everyone listening uh, today. Uh, Ida's been an absolute gem, hasn't he? Um, I, I, it's difficult to say any more than what's been said already, but he's a classy guy, shown no more so than, than his perseverance on Saturday with the, with the last-minute equaliser, or 96-minute equaliser. Whether he was offside or whether he wasn't offside, I'm not too sure. It, it looked a bit dubious from where I was stood, but, uh, well, if you've got a knack of being in the right place at the right time, then you're going to prosper over the course of your career. I think that's, uh, that's been shown many, many times. I don't think there's any doubt he's up in up in the running for one of our players of the season, and that I should think that him re-signing for a new a, a second season into his 37th year um, is an absolute no-brainer. Uh, so yeah, two thumbs up from me. The only slight problem I've got is that I would have started him personally. I think his class, his ability, I would have brought him on for Rachinia at the very least. Um, but I would have started him. Lee, I know you're out and about on the mean streets of Bolton this time of night on a Sunday with the. With having no work tomorrow, but, but what do you reckon? Did, did you go on Saturday? Did you see either play? What do you reckon? Yeah, Chris, I um, I thought I well, I, I said to my mate, I said at half time, I thought I've I've never I, I just I was absolutely disappointed with Rachinia, and I'm, I'm I'm sorry to say it, but he looked he looks he, he just looks like gutless. Yeah. I don't know what he was, but I, I, he just went down every time he got the ball. I thought what this game needs is Ida, and I thought I don't know why Ida can't start, but I I kind of forgot that he's. He was due his fourth child and, and blah, blah, blah. And he only returned to the UK on, on Friday, which Lennon conveniently reminded me in the uh, in the after, in the press conference after, after the game. And as soon as Ida came on, I thought, he's the man who's going to save us a point. And I said it to him, I said, he's the only guy who's going to score today because everyone else is just contriving to miss every reasonable opportunity we've got. And I thought, when Ida comes on, he will score a goal. And whether he's offside or not, we love the man. He's, he's an absolute legend. He's... And like Dan said in his uh, in his player ratings article, I have a little smile on my face every time Ida comes on for us or starts a game for us, and it's, he's just he's there as an ambassador for the club, and it's just it's just lovely to see um, a guy like like him sort of putting the effort in to play for his sort of you know he might have been at Barcelona, PSV when he was younger, but he, he loves Bolton more than all those uh, nonsense <laughs> clubs, and yeah, absolutely clearly. It's very interesting the whole story about how he was just drifting in semi-professional football. Uh, I remember being a bit of a, a bit of word in the summer that he was playing a friendly match for Bruges. I think it was at Radcliffe Borough, and a couple of Bolton fans went down to watch the game. But you never would have had, never would have imagined that just a couple of months later he could be rocking up back in a white shirt again. I think it's a great, really, really great story. Um, and every single week he does something to, to really justify when whatever we're paying if it's not enough alright so that's our little uh, love fest for Eider moving on to the game itself um, Elliot what did you think of the events on Saturday I was thoroughly disappointed with the game in general I think 
like many other Bolton fans, thought Blackpool at home, you know, bottom in the league, doomed for League One. I thought we'd walk over them, really. And, yeah, just from start to finish, we were diabolical. Missed every opportunity possible. They've got some stats and read some ridiculous, like, 23 shots. And obviously, nine and on target. Barry Bannan missed a sitter. Oh, and, my yeah, God. It was just really, really frustrating. And for a team like Blackpool, who haven't won away from home all year, for them to come and really outplay us and... They were, they were obviously they were quite unlucky to concede late on. I, I don't think we deserved anything from the game, man. I, I obviously went home very disappointed. What about you, Chris? Did you go? Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. I mean, apart from the unexpected sunshine leaving my pasty white skin and a nice little hue of pink after the game, not really much to, to grasp hold of other after the, after the match. Um, I disagree slightly in that we did maybe deserve to get a point out of it, but I think a point for very most. Um, we might well have had 23 shots, but we allowed them to have 17. And this is a team that we're, that we're playing against, like you say. No away wins all season. Consider an average of two goals every single game. It's pathetic that we, that we didn't put them to the sword. Um, I can only assume that, I mean, as I said myself in my own five things piece, that some of the players maybe underestimated Blackpool, took it as a given that they were going to come along and beat them, which is a ridiculous mentality to have. And, and, yeah. I'm not really sure whether that is the case or not because I can't imagine a Neil Lennon sort of team having that kind of lackadaisical attitude going into such an important game. But what else? What other you know? What other conclusions can you draw from it? From top to bottom, front to back, they were slow. They were disinterested. The passing was sloppy. The movement was was absolutely minimal. People's desire didn't seem to be there, and that's something that you, you can't often say about a Bolton team, Lennon or otherwise. You know, they, they generally put up a bit of a good fight, but. This time, it were played off the park, I thought, for the large portions of the game. And it's only thanks to the fact that Blackpool basically couldn't finish the tee, that, that we didn't. We went 2 or 3 1 down by the time the final whistle blew. Very lucky to get a point. You know, on another day, like you said, another day we might have scored five, but on another day we might have let three or four in ourselves. It's a really, really strange game and, uh, and one that I'm not looking forward to reliving again soon. I've watched the short highlights, but. I damn certain won't be watching the longer ones. Um, Lee, what do you reckon, Paul? I think a lot, a lot of what you say is uh, is very true. Um, but what Dan actually referring back to Dan. I mean, I'm not trying to. Uh, so you know, he's not he's missing tonight. So I'm not trying to uh, get him too involved in want. the old podcast. Yeah, say what you want about yeah, it. Cops, yeah, what you want. I think what Dan said. We could have won seven one. I think they only really yeah. had one one. Two, yeah, they had two or three chan- half chances all game, and, and the goal they scored was. Was a great strike to be fair, clapped it because I like I like volleys, I like volleys. But um, at the end of the day, I think we were so incoherent throughout the whole game. It was like a pub match, and I've alerted to that in my match report. I do think it was the quality on show was akin to a pub match at times. But the thing is, we had we had the better of the pub match. I do think we generally had the better of it. Let's, over the whole 90 we made double the chances they had realistically apart from that shocker that uh, Spanish midfielder Cabero I'm not, I'll be honest I, I've never heard of that guy he, he, he hit it over the bar for them and I don't think he'll ever be heard of again oh was that the one at the end that was a shocking miss absolutely oh, shocking miss that. oh yeah so he was close oh, that. in the corner shocking but yeah. um, I think we despite the, the negativity in my head of the performance I still walked away from the game thinking we should have won it 5-3 or 5-2 and it's, is it all that bad if we should have won five three five two? It is bad. It's shocking, but like like we all said, 
it's a typical Bolton performance that we don't beat the West seemingly. No, it's, it's just it's just one of those one of those games where you you come to it and and you're expecting to win four one five one and it just doesn't happen, does it? I mean, Elliot, what sure. what did you what did you come into the game thinking, Elliot? Did you think it was going to be a, a landslide or were you just slightly worried in the back of your head? I bet you were worried. Oh, I went in really confident. I'd, I'd predict, <laughs> I, I predicted a 3 0 win at home, which as a Bolton fan, you should never do. I was never, never a clean sheet, Elliot. Never a clean sheet. I know, I know. I, I learned from my mistakes. I mean, it, it, it was an exciting game. I, I enjoyed watching it and the crowd did get engaged going forward. But I think Neil mentioned it in his post match interview. We, we just we did everything not to score. I mean, we're not. We just. We're not taking the chances when we should. And there's been quite a few times this year, and I bring it back to Craig Davis, where we we have the chances to wrap up games. There's times at Wigan away where we could have, like Craig Davis, we could have finished it, win the points. We just we don't take these big chances. And it, it's cost us with the points. You can tell. What do you think, Dennis? Well, looking back to uh, Mr. Lennon again, I know we, we discussed him at length last week, but... Um, you look at our performances against the teams below us on the table, and there aren't that many of them. But <laughs> no. Really, matches that we we should be... I mean, Blackpool at home, Wigan when they're really down in bad shape. You know, these are matches that we really should be winning, and winning with some degree of certainty. And we just yeah. haven't seen it. You know. It just reinforces Lennon's belief, I think, about the the, the, the mentality in the squad, the lack of, of mental strength, and uh, you know, seeing the yeah. game out with all these stupid last-minute goals, but then also exemplified with being unable to put, a, you know, a pretty shambolic Blackpool ragtag side to the to the sword yesterday, and um, you know, a, a bit more mental fortitude, a bit more belief, and a bit more confidence. And you know, like we say, coming into the game, our three, four, five nil predictions or five-one predictions, I guess, um, you know. You would have thought they would have been born out then. Well, we've never, except for maybe a, a small period of time that first season Friedman was here, we've never had the tendency to really blow teams away, to be winning a lot of games 3-1, 4-1, 2-0, and make it easy. It's always been a tough fight. But um, mm. you'd like to see once in a while a 3-1, a 3-0. When did we last score five? Was it Stoke in the Premier League? I can't think we scored five since we got relegated. Le- Le- Leeds away at Ellen Road. Five Leeds away. Of course, yeah, of course, of course, of course. That's why we keep yeah. you on, you see. You're always good see, to see, see quick, Chris. quick stats off the top of your head. <laughs> I'm not that drunk. I'm not that drunk. Beautiful. <laughs> well, there you go. Once, once in nearly four seasons. So, yeah, <laughs> we're not high scorers. And I guess it's our own... Uh, Schadenfreude are a little bit going into the game expecting to, to smash him that maybe we got what we deserve hey, my, prediction, my prediction was 3-1 uh, I was never thinking more than three goals but I, I thought we could we could at least score three and we should have we really should have mm, absolutely agree I mean that chance for Bannon has given me yeah, I've not been able to sleep since but have you seen the highlights again since have any of you seen that Hesky miss that led up to the goal Oh, no, I don't, I don't want to think about terrific. it. He's, 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 he's fucking He was stood on the line and he more or less headed it off the line towards Dan Reed on the six yard. <laughs> <laughs> At least the goal result is from it. At least the well, goal result. Yeah, result. happily. Happily, because otherwise we'd have run Esky out of town because that was unbelievable. Well, we've been, speaking of which, uh, we've been talking about how we want Eider to come back for another go around. What about Heskey? Absolutely. Do you think Heskey's earned another season? No. Uh. 
It depends, doesn't it, really? It depends on on who we can actually keep on. How much are Ida and Hesky on? Does anyone know how much? Are they paying for a bag of chips and a, and a, and a pie each? God knows. But I, I'm sure that in, in both cases, it's not going to be a great deal. I mean, it, look, looking at the wide world of football manager, you know, you've got them down as five grand a week each. Yeah. As a bit of a basic guess, doing a bit of a thing. Doing a bit of a favour for Lenny, so maybe it's an incentivised contract. I don't know. I mean, it's not breaking the bank, and they're both providing a very, you know, a fairly useful addition to the squad. But you'd expect, if, if as rumour has it, Craig Davies on his way, we're going to be bringing in a main striker to replace him, mm. and leaving opportunities for someone like Hesky probably a little bit more limited, even more limited than they are now. If there's a goal bonus, we're all right with Emil, but with Ida, we're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're copying for it, we're copying for it. <laughs> 50p a week and a million pound per goal is save us a thought. We may as well sign Emil one. then, because he did already yeah. get one. <laughs> rate, I don't know, Heskey's obviously, he, he made a bit, in his in fairness, and, and I know we've discussed this in the, the uh, in sort of love pod cave before now, I thought Heskey was, he made a bit of a difference on Saturday. Yeah. Certainly made more of an impact in my book than Davies did. Um, obviously, Heskey is ostensibly a, a forward. He's there to score goals, but we all know that's not really his game, is it, these days? Um, but I thought providing us with a presence, you could see after 10 or 15 minutes that that was the sort of thing we were going to play. Because as good as Lafondre is, um, when you're facing a physical opponent, and Wanderers had the, the, you know, the, the fine idea to play long ball towards his head, he's not 5 9. It, it, it was crying out for somebody with a bit of physical presence, be it Davis or be it Hesky. I'm surprised it took so long for either of them to come on, to be honest. Uh, what do you reckon, Lee? I know you fancy Davis, didn't you? You thought he, would, that he made a bit of difference himself? Yeah, I've um, randomly just been told to leave a car park, which uh, I'm sure that shouldn't make the final edit. But um, So, yeah. I'm not really sure what I've done wrong there, but anyway... Um, here we go. So uh, yeah, Craig. I thought, I thought at least, I think he just occupied the defenders with with his actual presence, which you know that isn't saying a lot because obviously he was he he is his own presence. So you know to just come on and be yourself is is not enough, obviously. But I felt like he he did he did occupy the defenders. He ran into his, he ran into channels and he kind of. Gave, gave us a platform to at least try and attack the Blackpool defence a little bit more regularly than we were doing with only Lafondre at front. And we were hitting, we were hitting floated balls to Lafondre. We were, we, were, we were trying to hit him more to his chest, but it wasn't working. It was going above his head. And Clark and O'Day dealt with it fairly comfortably before before Emil came on. And when Emil came on, we had a lot a lot more to offer. And Lafondre in the sec, in the first half, he had barely a chance in the second half. He had about 14 scrambles in front of goals because Emil were there yeah. and because Craig was there. And um, and Lafondre got a lot of praise from Lennon in the pre in the uh, post-match uh, conference. He said, our best two players by a mile, he actually said by a mile, were Bannon and Lafondre. And looking back on the game, actually looking at the chances we created, looking at how where we actually did our best work, you've got to agree with him, actually. I, I wasn't so sure about Lafondre being one of our best players, but I, when I look back, I actually completely agree with him, um, to be honest. And I think Davies had an impact on that, but I think I do agree that he's not he's not fit enough, often enough, for him to be yeah. one of our main strikers, is he? he do you just think he's isn't? one of these players that takes three or four weeks to sort of get in the groove, and then by that time he's either usually dropped, but he's not scored, or he's, he's got another injury? Oh, he's and, got and another injury, yeah. Yeah, and perhaps the only reason why he was so good at the start of the season is because he managed to have 
you know, a dozen, 15 games without getting injured. And he was able to sort of build his match fitness up and be and be the best Craig Davies he can possibly be. Exactly. I think, I think yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely spot on. I think he either, he either doesn't, he either, he either isn't fit or he's getting fit and there's no in-between. He's either getting yeah. fit and playing reasonably well and then when he gets his full optimum fitness, he gets injured again. He's yeah. just a, wa- he's, it's a waste, of, waste of a wage, unfortunately. And, you know, you can't really look past that we're not we're not a, we're not a Premiership team. We can't afford to carry a player, and um, I think Dave is has, has had his time. I think. And that's yeah. I mean, it's, it's been quite a much, big much as I like him. When, when he's playing well, he's he's an asset most definitely. But I think this is Absolutely. a big opportunity for him. And I think I remember him saying something similar when he signed. You know, this is a big opportunity for him. And, and I think he's going to look back in the summer when he moves on. It, it, you know, he's probably not grasped. Yeah. Yeah, maybe not through all his own fault, but yeah. What no. do you think, Elliot? Sorry, sorry. sorry guys. Um, with Craig Davis, I yeah, I agree with you guys. I think it might be time for him to move on. I mean, when he is fit, he is a great asset to the team. I just look back to the game where we played Wigan at home, and he was probably the man of the match there. Got, got a goal. Was it was a physical presence? You know, I mean, I I I'd, I'd rather him play than. Going to go back to last year with Beckford, you know, I'd much rather see Craig Davis because at least he will chase the ball down and he will try and make the difference out there. But I think maybe his level may be at a League One team, you know, if he if he goes in the summer, he'll probably get snapped yeah. up by one of our rivals, knowing our luck, I, and then I think, turn into I, think a I think you know a, a League One team coming up, say like a Bristol City or a Preston, someone like that, it'll probably be a good signing for a team like that. Yeah, I heard you mention earlier saying about. We can't carry plays anymore. Surely, a person who's worse of injuries than Craig Davis would be our very own Mark Davis. I don't know what you guys mm. think about him, but totally yeah. agree. Well, I mean, the, the, ta- the, ta- the times come to cash in uh, on Craig Davis, but then you, you'd sort of consider who would who would buy him, and what's the point really? Because somebody that only plays one game out of every four or five over the course of his career is uh, is a bit of a waste of space. Dennis, um, what do you think? Well, I think the the word is actually that he's supposed to be back with the squad in the next week or so. Yeah, for Saturday apparently as well. For Saturday apparently, then. Yeah, so, yeah, so we can so we can get injured on Saturday. Fantastic. Well, Fantastic. If he can, I mean, theoretically, we talk about selling him. If he could manage to stay fit the rest of the season, have some good matches, that might actually give him a little bit of a value for us. To well, would sell you consider in the summer? Would you consider perhaps leaving him out then until the end of the season and not bother playing him at risk of causing further injury? Well, I think he needs, to, he needs to prove he's fit for anyone mm. to come in and give us yeah. anything. So that's well, what he's, he's saying. Well, he must be 27, 26, 27 year old and he's not really ever going to prove he's fit, I don't think, with his history. And uh, and I just wonder whether there was a, a, a you know a, a decent argument, a decent shout for leaving him out of the team and just, just getting rid, just cutting your losses. And we're not talking five, six million quid anymore. One million, probably million, probably million get, a million, two million, two million quid. Anything, anything that's going the pot, Lennon can spend on someone else. Because Lennon, I love Davies as, as good as he is. You know, he's probably cost us more in medical bills than we get in chance. But I think the um, this final month could be the difference between if he comes back, if he plays Possibly. this final month and looks decent, then maybe we get a million for him. If he doesn't, mm, yeah. and then we sell him, then we get what? Two hundred thousand with some add-ons. Bit more, you know. bit more. I think it's. I think it's mainly his wage as well, because he'll be sort yeah. of maybe still on the Premier League wages. But it's quite funny. Awesome. 
person who sits near me likened Mark Davis to a tampon. You know, he's he's in there for one week and he's out for the three. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh, I'm gonna have to talk to our editor about that one. <laughs> keep, keep it in. Lovely, lovely. All right, I think on that note we can uh, do to our our first segment, Thanks, Elliot. our Thanks for cool review. No worries, guys. Dennis, that has to stay. That has to stay in. Why we're not? Why let, not? We're gonna let Lee get back to his drinking. Um, <laughs> Have fun, Lee. Um, I assume he's somewhere near Bradshaw Gate or something. So, uh, correct. Lee, have Just a good evening. That's all. Elliot and Chris will be back for our next segment. Thank you. I was gonna say. I was gonna say now. Thank you. See you later. All right, everybody, welcome back to segment two. We've uh, let Lee resume his drinking in the uh, finer establishments of Holton Town Center. And we're still here with Chris and Elliot. Now we're going to look at some of the transfer talk, some of the movement in and out of the club now and coming into the summer. First, and perhaps most notable, is that uh, I think we've seen the last of Ben Amos, if I'm not mistaken. But, Ooh. Elliot, I think you, among others, are hoping he'll return later on. Yes. So, it looks like Amos has played his last game in the beautiful green Macron shirt. And it's a shame, really, because on Saturday he didn't have his finest performance. I mean, to be fair to him, he didn't really have much to do. But whenever there was a cross or any incoming danger, he didn't look too confident. But, hopefully, if Neil has the finances he can come back to the club for free. I think, I'd hope you agree that he would be a good asset, whether he's number one or even number two. I've enjoyed his time at the club and the, the fans, I think they've, they've definitely taken to him. So there's potential there for a free signing. Don't know what you guys think about him. Would you bring him in? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like you said, it's a shame really that his last game for Bolton was probably his his shakiest performance, which you know, which will leave a little bit of a question mark in the mind. But I think we've seen enough in the seven or eight appearances so far to, to be fairly confident that we did sign him. We'd be signing somebody with more, you know, more pros than cons, more positive than negatives. And and given the contract situation surrounding Lonergan and Bogdan, uh, I think he'd be a sensible signing. He's young, he's younger than both Lonergan and Bogdan, of course. And um, Manchester United wages aside, once you've cut both Bogdan and Lonigan from the salary list, you might be able to save a fair bit there. Put that towards Amos, I think. At 24, 25, he's got 10 years, 15 years in tank. So you just you just don't know. But yeah, fine. Absolutely happy to have him back as the first choice next season. But, you know, I'd be happy having Bogdan. I'd be happy having Lonigan. So, you know, either way, it's win-win for me. I'm uh, I'm going to sit on the fence on that one. Dennis, would you like to I wouldn't be happy with Lonigan. As the as the number one, I think mm. if we signed Bogdan or Amos and Lonergan, I'd still be okay with that. But I don't yeah, think sure. I don't think Lonergan is a, is who you want going into the season as your number one. But um, yeah, I think I like Bogdan, but I think the writing's on the wall. I think he's probably gone either to mm. a Premier League club or maybe one of the a club in Europe in the top division in another country. Well, there's another one that we won't receive a penny for him, will he? He must have been here nearly 10 years now, and we won't receive a single penny for him once he disappeared, sadly. Yeah, but we got 10 years of play out of him. Well, two years, two and a half years, is it, maybe? <laughs> since? Well, maybe, but I think, um, yeah, I would be, 
I wouldn't be surprised if all three of them go. If we just end up with a whole new possibly group of possibly yeah. next season. Yeah, I mean Amos has been in the shop window, hasn't he, since he signed for us, and it's been fairly well documented how well he's done. So I can't imagine we'll be the only people trying to sign in this summer. Yeah, I can see Bogdan staying. You reckon? I, 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 I reckon it's a new contract. I think quite a lot hangs on, because presumably now Bogdan is going to be our first choice goalkeeper if Amos is out of the picture. And yeah, I think, I think Lennon said as much, hasn't he? Well, the players are here and they're fighting for their futures, really. And Adam Bogdan, if he's willing to stay, I think it's a no-brainer to keep on at the club. He's been here for a yeah. long time, knows the situation. And oh, just think back to how he was in the Cup away at Liverpool. I mean... He is a very good goalkeeper. Let's not forget that. And the yeah, club should try. There's not. I don't think. I don't think. Sorry to interrupt. I don't think there's many more in the championship that, we, that you'd, you'd take instead of Bonnie. Uh, so Bogdan, sorry. I don't think there's many other other goalkeepers in this league who are, you know, who are, who are better goalkeepers than him. There's a lot I'd of shit about him. I think he's quite good. But if like on, on the interest front, there's, there's only really one club, and that was Mainz in Germany, who yeah. would bid a million for him. So. I, I, I don't know how highly sought after Bogdan would be. I mean, obviously we know that he's a terrific goalkeeper, but fingers crossed he'll sign a new deal. Yeah, and maybe, I hope so. maybe it could be him and Amos fighting for, or even him and Lonergan. I think we've got three very good goalkeepers at the club. We're in a quite good position there, so I'm I'm happy. That's I, it. You could, you could you could end up sorry, just one last thing. You could end up with one, you could end up with two, or you could end up with none of them. And in which case, you know, you rip up the whole. Plan and you start again. Yeah, yeah, and then in a few, a few years' time, we can have the William Yeskalainen jumping onto the scene. Let's <laughs> hope so. Let's hope so. I mean, Yussi's not doing much, is he? I wonder whether he would fancy uh, 12 months back on the bench as a backup keeper for us. I'm not sure how old he is. Now he must be 40. Ah, uh, 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 he's past it. He's, he's, he's gone. Yeah, but whether he would fancy, you know, his family still live up here, and obviously his lad's back on back here, back at the club. Whether he would fancy sitting on the bench backing up Amos as a bit of experience, perhaps. That'd be a nice way to finish off his career with either as well. Sort of a huge situation, manager, player, or coach, player. Absolutely, I wouldn't be against that at all. He'll come back to the club as a goalkeeper coach at some point. The same was said of Kevin Davies, wasn't it? The same was said of Kevin Davies, that as soon as he retires, he's got a place on the staff here. Which is all all good news, you know. I'm definitely for that. Mm. Absolutely, well. Just got to look at someone. Uh, I know it's a bit of a grand comparison, but looking at someone like Ajax uh, and all, and Bayern Munich, even all their top boards are all former players. Yeah, interesting right. method, to, interesting way of going about it. I know it's a bit off topic, but there you go. That's what we're here. That's what we're here for, isn't it? Indeed. So moving on out of the goal, another player who it looks like we've seen the last of. We barely saw the beginning of is Simeon Slavchev. Um, came in with with a fair amount of hype. I would say, um, made one brief appearance, then got called up by Bulgaria and injured himself and is now out for the rest of the season. We had talked, I think last week and the week before, that we thought we would see quite a bit of him in the run-in mm. once we'd sort of secured our position, but now it's kind of, uh, we hardly knew ye. <laughs> yeah, thanks and, thanks and goodbye. It's an, probably an unfortunate situation. It is. It doesn't really leave us with much to talk about about him to us because I wasn't there when he made his debut, and, uh, and if he walked past me on the street tomorrow, I probably wouldn't recognise him anyway. So it's uh, it, it's a shame, and it's a bit of a funny one, but that's how they work out sometimes, I guess. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, the, so. only, the only thing that I saw of Slavchev was, was a video of him on the club's YouTube channel pretending that he he's a, like a lifelong Bolton fan because he used to That's right. One <laughs> that, well, I suppose he's, now he's injured, he's got more time to play as Bolton on FIFA. Yeah, you know, true. Whatever club he's going to pretend he, he, he played out of FIFA. I mean, if he's oh, playing yeah. FIFA and not, not Pro Evo in the first place and he's on the wrong track. I mean. Oh, no, Chris Gowell. <laughs> Come on. All right, not diver- again, one of our traditional divergent, but uh, the Love Pod is an official podcast of Pro Evolution Soccer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Slavchev's loan being over, another one who has played a lot on his loan deal is Barry Bannon, and um, there has been talk about trying to bring him back. Elliot, do you think it's possible? Can we afford it? No, if I'm being completely honest. It, it, it depends on... Well, whether he's still valued or needed at Crystal Palace, but I, I would love to have him back. I think even though he missed an open net, which I would have scored, and think everyone would have scored that. Oh. Really, I don't know how he missed it. But <laughs> okay. apart from that, on Saturday, I thought he had a brilliant game. I mean, his work rate is terrific. You know, tracking back, making the tackles, picking out the passes well, and since he's come in, I've, I've been really impressed. I think. If we could sign him, he'd be a great asset. But it's just again raising the funds for him. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure how much he's valued at. Is he at Palace? I think, yeah, Bannon. Yeah, and, and I think Palace's Palace's um, resurrection, so to speak, on, on an Easter theme since uh, Pardew came in is is probably would probably stand us in good stead because obviously he's he's been let out on loan to the Championship because he's not good enough for the Premier League. And if they're going to stay in the Premier League, I highly doubt there'll be a way back for Bannon. Uh, value, value wise, who knows? But the, the way he played at weekend, I totally agree. He, he should be one of the top signings or top targets at least. He was so tenacious. I, I, I've never seen that side of him before. I, I think he won the most tackles when he played on the pitch. It was fantastic. He was certainly one of the only ones with the, the sort of attitude that I, I was hoping to see when playing against Blackpool. Yeah. Well, in his player ratings, um, Dan gave him an eight out of ten. So, just yeah. proves how good he was. Absolutely. I mean, I watched the highlights back before, like I said, and he more or less made the equaliser single-handedly. That he took the ball up on one side of the pitch, carried it to the other side of the pitch, jinked past one or two players, putting you know an unbelievably just a perfect cross to the back stick, allowing Heskey to do a deliberate nod back to Dan's to do a deliberate miss kick to either to tap it in on the line and he ran the game. I thought he, he was absolutely superb. He, he's really, really. Week and week, he's shown to be an absolutely fantastic player. And again, I, I totally hope that we, we make him feel permanent. He's the sort of player, 26, 27-year-old, something like that, who, who could have a good three or four years in army field. And he can play in a variety of positions as well, which is important because we know how Lennon likes to tinkle with his formations. And so to put Bannon in the centre, to play him slightly left or right of centre, or even to play him even in a more advanced position, I think he could do it all with. With, with class and uh, with success as well, which is important. And um, Dennis, I know you know. Have you seen the highlights yourself? I mean, have you, have you had the chance to, to take much of an opinion from the game in terms of in terms of Bannon's performance? Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's put in not necessarily this type of performance, but good performances yeah. since he got here. And I'm wondering if next season it'll be sort of a McNaughton situation where he goes back in the summer he's with the squad the first week or two they're kind of trying to figure it out find a home for him and 
maybe at the last moment in the transfer window in August, or maybe when the loan window opens back up, maybe he ends up coming back to Bolton for a season. Yeah, very possible. Very possible. I just think Crystal Palace is going to want to get something for him if they can. I'm just not sure if they if they can, other than from us who have seen him up close. Well, that then that then begs a further question, and again, I apologise for the for the diversion, which just come to mind now. And um, you know, if it came to it that you had to sell somebody to to fund the deal to buy Bannon, I don't think there's many people that would that would reject that proposal. I know it might mean losing somebody like such as uh, such as Reed. Sorry, Dan, for listening. Um, but I, I think that the benefits gained from getting somebody like Bannon in. in you know, in the sense of midfield, would be worth sacrificing one or two of our best players. I'm all right with selling any of the the veterans, the older players. Um, you know, I don't want to sell, obviously, Clough. Don't want to sell Clayton. Don't want to sell Vela. Don't want to sell Walker. The other guys, okay. But hang on to the youngsters, because I think they're really ready to, some of them, if not all of them, are ready to, to make the jump and become regular contributors. Lennon's really looking to them to do that for next season as well. Yeah, for sure. But all right, I think that's that's a good bit of info on the possible ins and outs over the summer. We will keep everyone alerted to any transfer news as it comes across the world-renowned line of Vienna Suite News Desk. But we'll be back in just a moment with our Cardiff City match preview. All right, folks, welcome back to the Love Pod for segment number three. This is where we preview our quickly upcoming match against Cardiff City. You may actually be listening to this as the match is being played. And I believe um, Cardiff are pretty high up the table in pretty good shape. Elliot, what do you think we can expect from this match? Uh, Well, obviously away from home, never a good sign. For the Wanderers. No. Um, yeah, you said they're quite high up. They're in 13th place. Had a bit of a mixed season, really, with Russell Slade. For some reason. Quite high up hasn't. compared to us. But it <laughs> Quite high up compared to our usual position. Oh, well, well yeah. <laughs> Everyone is. But, yeah, they've on a decent run of form recently. I mean, obviously they drew the last game, but they've had three wins, two draws, one loss. I mean, and also... You got to remember Lafondra against his parent club won't be able to play. So then that's another problem really for us. And away from home, away at Cardiff, I I'm going to predict a draw. Really, what do you think, Chris? Yeah, um, well, like you say, I mean, 13th against 16th, it's, it's a bit of a bit of a mid-table nothing match to be honest, isn't it? Neither team's realistically going to go down, and neither team's realistically going to going to go anywhere else. So. I agree with you. Um, I'm not expecting too much from it. I, I don't think we'll win. I think we'll, we'll, you know, I'll take a point if you offer it to me now. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think a nil-nil or a one-one, something like that, because obviously we're not going to have Lafondra available, and 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 their top scorer, Kenwin Jones, they they found him out on loan to Bournemouth to ease some of the financial pressure on the club. So neither side has got particularly, you know, has got goals in them. Who do you think Who do you think? Who do you think Lennon will go with up top? With uh, Lafondra unavailable, uh, I think he'll probably go with Good Johnson or he'll go with Heskey. I mean, this might upset Lee, but I can't see him going with Craig Davies. After the way he treated Craig Davies on Saturday, choosing to only bring him on as a bit of a last resort strikes me as uh, as a bit of a slap in the face to Davies, and perhaps indicates Lennon's attitude towards the player. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think one, one of Heskey or Good Johnson, I think that's extremely likely. Good Johnson now being, I think, his ER joint top scorer with five or six goals, I think, along with Clough and Mills, I think, I think he's it still, was. I think he's still one behind Clough. Is he? Okay. Well, I, I think, in that case, I, I think you, you probably would go with Heskey, then I'm going to stick my neck on the line and say Heskey to give us that sort of physical battering man presence that away from home can sometimes be useful. And then on, you know, 55, 60, 65 minutes, you can fetch uh, Heskey off the pitch and bring on Good Johnson. Bit of class to sort of cap the win off, 3 or 4 1 away from home. But we'll call it a nil-nil, we'll call it a one-one. Um, they've got Makeda and Ravel back from injury, and um, neither of them have, have scored particularly freely this season. I think Makeda's got five, Ravel's got two. Um, Peter Whittingham, the top scorer with six. Yeah, there's not going to be a lot of goals in it, and I can't imagine it's going to be particularly entertaining either. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to stick my neck on nil-nil. That would, um, if it goes with Husky, that would presumably leave Feeney and Walker. Starting on uh, on either side, Elliot. Do you think that's a, a good way to go forward? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you're a sneaky devil, you Dennis. You're a sneaky devil. I know what you're getting at here. I think I think Feeney. We may leave him later on with the Q and A, but I, I I'd happily play Tom Walker. I think on Saturday he had a decent game in the first half. Went forward quite a bit. Chris I saw. In your five things, you mentioned how he was out of his depth. I mean, yes, at, at times, he was a bit vulnerable, a bit naive, but I, I've genuinely been impressed with him. And just to touch on, obviously, the predictions, this this away form, it, it needs to stop, really. Does it, any of you guys remember last time we won away from home? Oh, oh I don't know. 2006, <laughs> something like that? I don't know. <laughs> Last time we went away from home was, West in, Ham? was, was in January against Sheffield Wednesday. January 2015, so, yeah. <laughs> so out, out of our six away games, we haven't won any of them. So, Chris, you nil nil might not be a bad shot. Nil nil with Cardiff scoring on the 99th minute, probably. I think if we, if we talk about wide men, this game may suit Rashinia a bit more. I know on Saturday, it, it was so, they were quite physical and didn't look like he was up for the battle, but maybe against Cardiff, I don't know, slightly more technical team than Blackpool, so this could suit him more. Obviously, away from home, that's pressure. I think, well, he made his debut away from home, don't forget, and he was pretty impressive, wasn't he, against Ipswich by all accounts? Yeah, yeah, he was very good against Ipswich, so I, I think Rasheen, he's, he's got the potential to be a very good player, just we need to give him time. I'd, I would, We've got nothing to lose as well, so I'd play him against Cardiff, see what yeah. he does. So maybe the other thing is um, there's only 48 hours between these matches. I wonder if Lennon may actually really ring in the changes, just because that's a lot to ask, especially of the well, the older players and the younger players. Yeah, well, Ricciini only played 45 minutes and he only ran around for about 15 of those, so he should be fairly fresh. But I wonder if Bannon might be rested again. He's rested Bannon a couple times with these quick turnaround. Possibly, but I noticed Bannon did tweet out earlier on that he was at the hotel with the team and looking forward to the game. So I don't know whether that was a bit of a clue that he, he is playing or not. I'm not sure. You'd expect him to be involved some way or another. I think definitely he'll be at least on the bench, you know, after Saturday as well. Mm. Very- I think it has to be. I think it has to be. I mean, the way that Lennon was speaking about him after the game and the way that he performed... I- I'd be amazed if he's not starting. I, I can understand where you're coming from, Dennis, with your logic about uh, 
give him a bit of a breather, but at the same time, I think he totally, uh, he's done enough. Yeah. Well, it's kind of the second part of it is I'd like to see, now that he's back fit, I'd like to see Twardzik again in his actual position in midfield. I mean, he's he's one, a young player that we've bought. He's not on loan. So I think it'd be nice to, to give him a run. I mean, the, when he played in, in midfield, he scored earlier. And um, when he was played out of position at left back, he was horrible. So Yeah. Dennis, we've all given predictions, and have have you enlightened us on what your pretty much thoughts are? Um, have you got a bit suspiciously, suspiciously quiet on this front, Dennis. And well, on, let's hear. I usually am. On, famous last words. Um, I think we're going to lose. Um, <laughs> I think it'll. Thanks probably, for your time, Dennis. Thanks for your time. <laughs> I think it'll probably be two-one. Um, I think it might be another situation where. Cardiff score early. Um, we managed to to get an equalizer late. Maybe Good Johnson coming off the bench, doing it again, something like that. And then, as we said, you know, ninety third minute, um, you know, Matt Mills suddenly forgets what team he's on or something, and <laughs> in goes the late goal. Well, after his performance on on Saturday, anything's possible with that guy. Oh my lord, that was that was one one of the most poor defensive performances from an individual I've seen in a long time. It was like yeah, you know, it looked like he'd been out on the piss with Lee the night before because he couldn't put his, <laughs> couldn't put one foot in front of the other in the right order without making a mistake. It was nowhere near as bad as that night last year at home against Middlesbrough. I mean, that was the worst centre-back performance. Oh, yeah. That's a low bar to Gerald, Gerald Sid at home against Everton in, the, in his debut season. They're, they're the top three for me. Off the top these, of are, these are low bars to clear. That's really not what Absolutely. you want to be comparing your players to. Comparing the, it's like a proper tallest dwarf competition, isn't it? I mean, watching, watching bald men fight over a comb when you're talking about the Bolton Wonders defenders not playing well. And I didn't mean that bald, uh, bald comment as a jibe at you, Dennis, my friend. <laughs> You're rocking the look most suited. Indeed. Oh, well. But yeah, I think uh, I think it'll probably be a loss, an away, another away loss, and uh, maybe a fairly painful one. Oh, blimey. But yeah, it'll be... Uh, I think at this point we're safe. We're not getting relegated, and as long as... Vela keeps playing, Walker keeps playing. Like I said, I'd like to see Twardzik get involved, maybe a couple other of the the younger players. That's really what we're looking at at this point in the season. The results. Yeah, I don't not. think anybody be against that, so. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe even with this goalkeeping situation, maybe even the uh the other lad, he's he's been on the bench several times. What's his name? Barrett? Aaron Lee Barrett? Oh, oh no. no, 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 he's long gone. I think you mean Fitzsimmons. That's yes. it. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah, Fitzsimmons is the one you're talking about. He used to play for Crystal Palace, and uh, Dougie brought him in. Aaron Lee Barrett's long gone. Okay, well. Uh, you know, again, another one that came and went with uh, barely leaving an imprint in, in the club's history. Well, sorry, Aaron. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you knew they had him back in employment then. I don't think he'd be too upset. <laughs> I'm not, I don't think he's playing for anybody at this minute in time. All right. Well, I think that sums up our uh, our preview of the Cardiff City match on Monday. As we said, this, this pod will probably be coming out pretty close to the time of the match. So we hope you can give it a quick listen. And, 
Instagram. We'll be back in just a moment, and we'll be hearing from our readers with our Twitter question of the week. Okay, everybody, it's Chris here. Welcome back to the final segment of uh, of the LOV pod, the Love pod, where we'll be discussing the the Twitter question. Um, This week, we posed a question a couple of days ago regarding, in fact, it was yesterday after the match, actually, what am I talking about? Um, about your favourite Bolton Wanderers winger in history. The full question, uh, to be accurate, was uh, Liam Feeney is possibly the worst winger that we've ever seen, but in your opinion, who's the best? Uh, a wide range of answers, uh, serious, daft, all kinds, the ones that we love the most. Um, so we'll make a quick start. Um, okay, so first one we've got Daniel Scott, who says Stelios. Uh, we'll come to Stelios again later on, but an excellent shout. I fully agree with that. Uh, Shoy Kaji, that's underdogs, David Lee. Excellent point. Again, I'm very happy to uh, to talk about David Lee at length in a moment or two. Charlie Holden Howe, at Holden Howe, G4 Stelios. Um, players who can play in different positions there as well. We've got Mike Ross. Juvie uh, was a pain in the arse against any team under Big Sam when he played out wide. Very good point indeed. Uh, Slippery at Flidderlid. Uh, Henrik Pedersen. Again, a man who can play many different positions. Uh, Smith at IRS8. Chung, if he counts as a winger. Honourable mentions for David Lee and Scott Green. Oh, Scott Green, there's a name from the past. Uh, dishonourable mention for Rob Hall. You get extra points for saying Rob Hall there as well. Oh, poor Rob Hall. <laughs> Jack Stewart, Greg Wild. I think someone might be on the wind-up a little bit there. Uh, Peter McCarthy, as mentioned, Peter Thompson. Again, slightly before my time there, but somebody that my uncle speaks very highly of. Uh, Peter Thompson, that is. He doesn't speak very highly of Peter McCarthy. Graham Ashworth, David Lee. The amount of crosses that bounced off Great Lever Roof. Excellent point as well. David Yates has chosen to drop down memory lane as well with Peter Thompson, David Lee and Willie Morgan. Willie Morgan being my mum's particular favourite. Sam Heathcote coming in with the quality answer of Yannick Bastos. And then we've got Ben Moore, a very Ben Moore-ish answer. Beanie by a country mile. Superb. Uh, Danny Roberts, Michael Johansson. Two separate uh, guesses there. Michael Johansson, an excellent shout as well. I'm very happy you said him. And then to finish off, we've got David Icke. I'm not sure if it's the David Icke or if it's just somebody with a similar name to the former Norwich goalkeeper and the conspirator about shapeshifting with being in charge of the world and the Illuminati. But he's gone for Scott Sellers or David Lee. Now, David Lee rings a particular bell with me because he was the first choice winger during my emerging years as a Bolton supporter back in the sort of late 80s, early 90s. The sight of David Lee skipping down the wing was a, was a truly wonderful sight. And the fact that I see him in Asda quite a lot near me in Preston is a, is a, bos- a positive thing. He's always happy to have a spot to stop and chat. He, I think he recognises me now because he, he kind of looks the other way when he sees me coming down the, the, the vegetable aisle. Top player, David Lee. Anyone that can run that fast, he can cross as well, as well as he could. I know we had a comment about him hitting the roof a few times in the Great League event, but, but let's face it, who didn't? I think I even saw Ricardo Gardner clear the ball over the uh, the West End once at the Reebok. Um, yeah, Elliot, we mentioned this before about uh, your favourite winger. Who would be your favourite? Well, obviously, due to my age, I can't experience the greats of David Lee or others mentioned, but I think mainly Lee Chung-Yong. Obviously, really sad to see him go recently, but Ever since I travelled to St Andrews in the FA Cup quarterfinal and he headed in in the last remaining seconds, I mean, I've I've loved him ever since, really. Obviously, he's been a bit unlucky of injury, but it's a pleasure, pleasure to watch Chungi. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't say someone who would sign permanently, because we've, we've had a few decent wingers, but they've already been on loan, so 
I'd definitely go for Chungi, but hopefully we've got one coming in for the future. I don't know. Could, could you maybe get Jordan Lussie? Could he have potential in the future? <laughs> I'm not sure what his position is, and, and, and that's a lovely little segue back into a play that we forgot to mention during the transfer roundup. Elliot. I'm impressed with that. Uh, but I, I believe he's more of a central attacking midfielder, um, one that's out of contract at Liverpool, and so therefore he's looking likely to be a, a signing for next season. Let's hope he's a bit more Chung Young Lee and a bit less Andy Robinson in that respect. Um, bringing the topic back to yeah, bringing the topic back to wingers, um, Dennis. In your uh, your experience with Bolton Wonders wingers, who would be your number one choice? Oh, I mean, I think I'd have to go with Stelios Giannakopoulos. Excellent choice. Stelios was just to me. I mean, skilled player, great player, nice guy. Met him once. Um, tiny, just a, a tiny. <laughs> but the thing was, he was. I never pushed off the ball easily. Um, never shirked a challenge. And you talk about. Elliot mentioned the the goal at St. Andrews for Chungi, but talk about a player that popped up with timely goals, and uh, always with his head. I mean, he was maybe 5-5, and he was scoring on headers against the likes of Chelsea and Arsenal. I remember a diving header against Arsenal in the FA Cup was uh, was a splendid goal, I remember that to this day. And on a fairly regular basis, I I haven't looked it up, but I I would bet most of his goals came against you know sort of top four sides. He was just uh, always showed up for the big matches. Won the won the Euro in two thousand four with Greece. Just just a thrill to watch. He was a very loyal servant as well to the club. He turned down City and Liverpool amongst others. Uh, so so I've been told over the years while he was at Bolton because he was so happy. Yeah, I mean, I think he was with that group of players that he was with. Um, that was when, you know, Big Sam was really playing the 4-3-3, and he was, he was sort of a winger slash striker, you know. Yeah, left and right side, he was just as good uh, either, either side of the central striker, either side of Kevin Davies, wasn't he? He, could, he was quite, uh, quite versatile and quite flexible in that respect. But no, I think there's some excellent choices there, and... Uh, we have got next week's question in mind as well, so we're just going to pose that now. We'll give a quick reminder during the middle of the week, so I want you to all to get thinking, and for you all to tweet uh, line of Vienna Suite once you've got your answer, but we're going to play devil's advocate and presume that Matt Mills is leaving the club in the summer, so with that in mind, and you're allowed to nominate, you're allowed to nominate somebody who's not at the club yet, who would be your captain going into next season at Bolton Wanderers? You're allowed to say Matt Mills, you're allowed to say whoever you want, just have a bit of a think and just send us a tweet. Let us know what you think. And don't forget to go on iTunes, leave a review, give us five stars if you think we deserve it. Give us five stars if you don't think we deserve it. Most of all, we do appreciate you listening to the show and for uh, giving us a platform to spout the rubbish that we come out with every single week. So on that basis, I'd like to say thanks to Lee. Uh, hopefully he's having a good time somewhere. And um, We'd like to say thanks to Dennis. Hope you're having a good time somewhere. Elliot, hope you're having a good time somewhere. I'm off to bed uh, and we'll see you next week for Love Pod 6. Dan, take it away with the music.